I love, love, love teasing all of my team um, and not telling anybody things. I like to make you guys wait till you get to hear um, and be surprised. So we have the amazing Steve Schultz on the phone with us tonight. He is an international public figure in the MLM industry with years of experience and stories of success. He's been working in the network industry for 27 years. I thought I'd been around for a while. When he was first introduced <laughs> to the industry, he was a full-time school teacher who was not making enough money to do the things he wanted to do for his family. After working his business part-time, three to five hours a week, for about a year, his wife Colleen left her teaching position, and about a year and a half later, Steve left his. He went on to build an organization of more than 170,000 independent representatives and has earned more than $17 million in the industry. As the author of the book, Yes, Sometimes It Is About the Money, he has a passion for helping others achieve the success he has experienced in the industry and will be bringing his insight, expertise, and humor to the innovative nutrition stage as both our Master of Ceremonies and keynote speaker. I'm so excited to have him. So, Steve, say hello. Well, Heidi, that was fantastic. You read that exactly how I wrote it, so way to go. (laughs) Hey, I want to make you sound good. Oh, I tell you what, thank you so much for having me on the call here tonight. I was just kind of laughing. I was was going to, I was listening to you, you know, go through the products and all this kind of stuff, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need that. I need that. I need that. I need that. So, thank you, thank you, thank you for sending me uh, the products, and I, I absolutely love them. I absolutely love them. I'm going to have lots of stories to share with everybody once I get to the convention. I love that. I love that. So for all of you that are listening, I decided to do kind of a little Q&A with Steve because I want you all to hear more about his experiences because for me, being in the industry for 20 years, that's what we do. We share our experiences, our wisdom, our insights, where we've been. We've, you know, The people that have been around for a while, we pave the road for the ones coming behind us. So um, my first question for you, Steve, is how did you get started and did you recognize the potential right away? Yeah, it was kind of a kind of a cool story. I I, uh, I grew up in a small midwestern town, uh, a little town called Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin Dells, Wisconsin. Um, it's kind of in south central Wisconsin, and uh, it's a touristy area. Touristy area. There's only 2,300 people that live there, but in the summertime, there's over 100,000 people that live there uh, or visit there from May, uh, Labor Day to Memorial Day, and. It is today known as the water park capital of the world. So it's kind of a crazy, crazy place to grow up as a kid. Um, there's just summer jobs. We made a ton of money all summer long because, you know, we were working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day at 12 years old, living at home. We had no expenses. But the one thing that, that really caught me, Heidi, growing up in that city was the people that owned the hotels, the attractions, were the people that were getting rich. And the people that worked for those people were the ones making those owners rich. And I, I understood that right away. And even as a little boy, I mean, talking 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, you know, growing up in a city like that, I wanted to be on the other side of that equation. I wanted to be the person who owned the businesses. Now, I didn't have any money. I didn't know what I was going to do. And, boy, years and years and years later, um, I found network marketing. I found network marketing, and when I was introduced to the concept, you know, I thought it would be a great way for me to supplement my teaching income. And you know, a friend of mine came over. It was 10:30 at night on a Sunday night, 
And he, he literally called me up and he said, hey, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to bed. What do you want? He said, just wait. I want to show you something. And he hung up on me. And I turned to my wife, Colleen, and I said, you know, Kyle, if it's important enough for Pat to call me at 1030 at night on a Sunday, it's important enough for me to listen to what he has to say. So Pat came over to my house, and I remember he threw a bad photocopy of a compensation plan on a table in front of me, and he said, tell me why this won't work. And I said, because it's one of those multi-level deals. That's why it's not going to work. And that's how naive I was. I, I knew nothing about the industry other than the fact that it wasn't going to work for me. And Pat and I, we, we, we just ran numbers, and we, we, we tried to figure out every possible way not to get involved, even though I've been looking for an opportunity for years and years and years. Well, about two hours into that meeting, my wife, Colleen, came out of a bedroom, and she said, you know, guys, I've been listening to you now for the last two hours. She goes, for 400 bucks, what if it works? And she turned around and shut the door. And Pat and I stood there. I mean, we literally looked at each other with a dumb look on our face. And the reason we didn't have an answer was because we were trying to find reasons not to do it. And Heidi, that's the negative world that we live in. Most people try to find reasons why this won't work for them as opposed to finding reasons that it will work. Well, we decided that it just might work. And I, I, I'll, tell, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll elaborate on this story the next time I see you guys. But from that day forward, it has literally changed my life my kids' life, and my future grandchildren's lives for, for literally generations to come. Now, you ask me if I, if I am, you know, saw the potential right away, and the answer is absolutely not. I mean, I got involved to supplement my teaching income. I was a fifth-grade school teacher, and I thought this would be a great way for me to supplement my teaching income. But what completely changed it around for me was going to my first big corporate event, I got involved in the company in August, and our company's convention was the following February. So we're talking six, seven months away. I went to that event, and I saw people walking across that stage making more in a month than I made in a year. And I said, it is time to turn this up. And that completely changed the way that I built the business, the way that I thought about the business, the way that... Um, I, I, I didn't take no's personal anymore. I just said, listen, if those people on that stage can do what they did, I can do that too. So it took me a little while, Heidi, but it was a big corporate event that completely turned it around for me. I love that. That was very similar to, to my story. I found it at the Pumpkin Patch of all places. Over, I was dropping yeah. on a conversation, and I just kept thinking, what if this is my way out? And I yeah. went to uh, – it was October uh, 21st. And the following February 1st or 2nd um, was a convention. And that's, and oh my I gosh. went kicking and screaming, this isn't for me, this isn't for me, this isn't for me. I told my husband, <laughs> got on the plane crying, and it literally changed my life. So very similar. I know. And, that, and that's it. I, you get there, and it's, it's, it's okay, what happens on stage is, is it's great. But it's the side conversations that you have with people at events like that that just absolutely are life-changing. I totally agree. I went actually not knowing anybody, and so I was scared to death. But it was those – it was a gentleman that was holding up a post is what I said in the hotel that chit-chatted with me, and it literally changed my life. So yep. I know that yep. when you're brand new, I know because I was this way too, I'm making that jump uh, to commit to going full-time um, and quitting your day job. How long did mm -hmm. that, that – what did you – I think it was a year and a half. So what made you do that? What was that turning point? <sighs> Well, I tell you what, Heidi, it was actually it was actually three and a half years. My wife my wife Colleen quit her teaching position after a year and a half, which you know what, we, we sacrificed big time. Um 
it's it, it, we, we weren't making enough money when Colleen quit her teaching position. We did it because we didn't we wanted her to stay home with the kids, and you know it took another year and a half for me to be able to leave my teaching position. But but think about it. I was bringing home seven hundred and forty six dollars every two weeks after taxes. I was bringing home seven hundred and forty. I was making twenty three thousand dollars a year as a school teacher, and it, it didn't take a lot to replace that. Now, I completely chickened out, too. I mean, I did quit cold turkey. I mean, the business was it, it was rocking and rolling, but there was ups and downs. I mean, our, our income would go from, you know, 3000 a month all the way up to, you know, 5400 then back down to 1500 So it was kind of a little bit of a roller coaster. Um, but when, when I decided that I was going to quit my job, I went into the uh, – I went to the principal's office and, and I said, hey, you know, I said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a leave of absence. And so I, I, I kind of had, had a safety net, Heidi. I don't know if I've told the story too often, but I had kind of a safety net. I said, all right, if I can't get this thing rolling to where I really need it to be in one year, I can always go back to teaching school. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if I recommend that, but I, I said to myself, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. There's no possible way I'm going back to that school building. And so that was my determining factor that said, listen, I, I'm going to go build this thing as big and as fast and as hard as I possibly can. I didn't care if people said yes. I didn't care if people said no. All I wanted to do was have the activity. And I knew that if I, if I had the right activity, if I, if I was setting appointments, if I was meeting with people, if I was doing conference calls, um, well, Al Gore hadn't even invented the Internet yet, so we didn't have the Internet. Um, <laughs> so, so we did a lot of conference calls and things like yeah. that. Um, but after a year, and when I decided that I was going to quit my job and, and do this full time, after one year, there was no looking back. It was, there, were, there were reasons, Heidi. I mean, we had, we had certain goals that we wanted to hit. But the main one for me, when I said I'm going to leave my teaching position, I didn't want to face those teachers in the, in the teacher's lounge going, oh, you're back, huh? That, that mm-hmm. business didn't work out too well for you. So that was a determining factor for me. Well, you know, I quit mine in three months, but I figured I could always uh, go back to getting another job if I needed to yeah. because I did it before. Why couldn't I do it again? And maybe this would exactly. work. I, I'm lucky I had that that mindset, but I know you had, um, everybody has in, in anything in life, in my opinion, but certainly in starting a new business, especially a network marketing business, we have obstacles. Did yep. you have them? Well, I shouldn't say did you have them. What were they? And <laughs> how did you get past them? You mean how many did I have? How many, how many yeah. did I jump over the obstacles? Well, <laughs> you know, the, crazy, the, the crazy thing is, Heidi, and, and you know, even to this day, you know, after 27 years in this business, uh, and all the success that I've had in it, I still have obstacles. I, I still have the same obstacles that I that I faced right when I first got started, and that was people telling me no, people saying you're nuts, you're crazy, it's never going to work, don't quit your day job. That was the biggest obstacle for me because I thought, man, what if these people were right? What if these people are right, and this thing really isn't going to work out for me? But once again, the t- what, what completely changed my mindset is – hanging around people who were already successful. And you do that by going to events. And so I would try to get to as many. um, I never missed a company convention. I went to as many regional events as I possibly could. I hung around people who were self, who who, who thought the same way that I did. And they had a big vision, and I kind of caught that vision. And so when I would meet people on the street and I'd give them a business presentation, business overview, and they would tell me no. 
and they weren't very, you know, polite about it, I would always think to myself, listen, you're not going to make my house payment for me. You're not going to make my car payment for me. You're not going to educate my kids. You're not going to send the kind of big, the kind of money that I want to my favorite church or charity. So why should I? And, why should I? Why should I listen to you? Why, when you tell me no, and that's never going to work, I, I always thought to myself, okay, then, then do this for me. And mm-hmm. what I found out was that nobody's willing to do any of that stuff for you. And the biggest thing was, and I heard this a long, long time ago. Somebody once said, they said, don't take financial advice from people you don't want to be like financially. And so many people who said you're nuts, you're crazy, it's never going to work, they're broke. They were broke. And I just thought to myself, why in the world would I listen, would I take any financial advice from you? And so the only obstacle, Heidi, that I really, really had to face was the enemy within. The only, the only enemy that we really need to face is the enemy within. And once you've prepared for that battle, you're set. You're absolutely set. Because I heard something there's, I mean, I've gone to so many events, and I've, I've, I've stolen so much material from so many people. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I heard Curtis Broom say one time that you want to marry the process and divorce the result. And so that's what I've done. You know, the, the process is in how you tell the story. You know, your story, the company's story, basically the overview. The result is what you want to divorce. Because you, you, you got to sit back and say, listen, I don't care if you come in or if you don't come in. My job is to tell you the story. And we all know that some will, some won't, so what, some waiting. And if you just marry the process and you wake up every single day with that feeling in, in your gut that says, I get to go tell my story to somebody. Whether they're excited for me or not, it doesn't matter. But I get to go tell my story. And some are going to like my story. Some aren't going to like my story. Some that do like my story are just going to become customers. Other people who like my story are also going to become distributors with me, and we're going to go build an empire together. And that was the biggest obstacle that I had to overcome, Heidi, is to realize that not everybody's going to do this, but that is okay. It's okay. Yeah, I, I tell my team all the time, would you change lives with that person that just said no to you or told you you're crazy or whatever? And, you know, 99.9% of the time you're going to say, of course not. And then don't right. worry about the end result. You're only, your job is to go out and practice, practice, practice by sharing, 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 and don't worry about the end result. Don't go out with the idea that you have to sell something or sign somebody up. You're literally just going out and sharing. And I love, yep. I love how you put that, and I love what Curtis said. Um, okay, so I think this is big, and I think this is super important for people to hear. If, if you're sp- talking to a brand-new person that just started network marketing and 27 years of your experience, what would be that one piece of advice you'd get to that, give to that brand spanking new person? Boy, it's super, super hard to come up with one thing, but I'll, 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 I'll say this. Um, and this isn't going to apply to everybody, but it, it certainly applied to me. You've got to be kind of careful because you've got people. You're going to, I mean, you're going to make that list. You're going to make that, that prospect list, and you're like, okay, these are the can't-miss people. These are the people who are going to say yes to me just because it's me. And that's not always the case. There are some people that are, that are in your lives, people that are very, very close to you, who don't necessarily want you to succeed. Um, I'll tell you this quick story. Um, my, my sister, my, I've, got, I've got a sister, her name is Robin, and she is three years older than me. And when I went down, she was the, she was the, she was like my, my A number one prospect. 
She was my A number one prospect. Um, I thought she'd be amazing at this business because she's an on-air radio personality. And not that so many people – She, it's not that she knows so many people. It's like everybody knows who she is. Well, when I went down and I, and I showed her the opportunity, not only would she not become a distributor, she wouldn't even be my customer. And I remember driving back home thinking, oh, my gosh, I just got suckered into something. If, if I can't even get my own sister to be a customer, how am I supposed to get anybody else to, to even look at this opportunity? And I drove directly over to my, my business partner. His name is Pat, um, college roommates. We grew up together. And I threw a bunch of stuff on his desk, and I said, I said, this isn't going to work. He said, what do you mean? I said, I can't even get my own sister to become a customer. And he kind of looked at me, and he goes, so what? I said, what do you mean, so what? He goes, who are you going to, who are you going to talk to today? And I basically said, I'm not going to talk to anybody today. I'm going to take my ball and go home, right? <laughs> and he kind of just leaned back in his chair, and he flicked a pen up on his desk, and he said, you know, Steve, there's no way that this company is going to pay us $20,000, dollars $100,000 a month for it to be laid out easy. And I will never forget that. I'll never forget that. Of course your best friend, you know, of course your friends and family members are going to beat you up. Of course the people who are closest to you are going to give you a hard time. Of course those things are going to happen to you. But every bit of broken glass and barbed wire that you have to crawl over to get to where you want to be, it's worth it. It's worth it. So just be prepared for that. Not everybody's going to say yes. The other thing that I would suggest, Heidi, is whenever I bring a new person to the business, I talk about urgency. I talk about urgency. I said, listen, you don't think you have to go to training to build a multi-million dollar business. You can learn as you earn. Don't think you have to know everything about the company. You don't have to know everything about the products. You start using the products. You start telling stories about the products, and that's what's going to sell people. And so I want you, and I take a brand new person, I say, now listen, here's the first promotion level. We want to get to the first promotion level. We want to get you to build her as fast as we possibly can. And then the next position, you know, we're going to teach other, you know, three or four other people to do that exact same thing. And you get to, you get to, you know, whatever the next position is. But we're going to do it quickly. We're going to do it quickly. And I stress the urgency. I really stress the urgency of building the business fast. And it's all about multiplication and duplication. And if you can duplicate, if you can get people in your organization that are doing what you're doing, boy, then it becomes an awful lot of fun. You become a builder. You become an elite builder by simply showing other people how to do the exact same thing that you're doing. And once again, don't worry about the people who say no. We're going to concentrate on the people who say yes. Um, I'll sit down with somebody and say, tell me why you're doing this. I get them to explain you know, what, their, what their why is. And then I say, okay, here's the goal. We're going to get you to this level, and then we're going to get you to this level, and we're going to put a time frame to it, and we're just going to hit it hard. And I say, listen, don't, don't worry about knowing everything. Because to this day, Heidi, I don't think – because if you think you know everything, that's the day you start dying. You'll never, ever, ever learn and everything that happens in this industry or even about, a, even about the company. Absolutely. And I think that sense of urgency is missing probably in most people's businesses. And it's really, for me, that one of the number one things. Because with a sense of urgency, yep. you just every single day put one foot in front of the other and keep going and don't put off till tomorrow what you can get done today because your That's business it. will flourish because of that. Yep. I yep. 100 no doubt. agree with that. No okay, doubt. Okay. No and doubt. then the final thing I want to ask you is what piece of advice would you give somebody that's 
down the road a bit, more advanced business builder? Well, I tell you what, this, is, this sometimes is harder than a brand new person because so many people think that when they get to a certain position in the company, and I, I don't know if it's this way in your company, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, I'll just throw it out there, but if you've got somebody who's an executive builder, if you've got somebody who's a senior executive leader, you know, a lot of times people will step back and they'll say, I made it. And it's like, no, you haven't. Because now you have to go build that senior executive group and you have to build whatever position you're at. The number one problem that I think people have, once they think they've made it, okay, they're making a decent income and they've got a bunch of people underneath them, is they start managing people. And the day you start managing people is the day your business is going to start to die. Because people got into this thing because they don't want to be managed. They are all independent representatives. They're all independent distributors. You want to be their teammate. For every step that they take, you'll take two. But, you have to be, but they have to be willing to take the first one. Don't start managing people and never, ever, ever stop adding customers and new distributors to your organization. I don't care what your position is. I don't care if you're making, you know, 50000 a month, $100,000 a month. People are going to watch you. They're going to watch you more than they're going to listen to you. And if you want people to bring guests to the business presentations, then you better have guests at the presentation. If you want people to be at the, the uh, international convention, you better be the first person to register for that convention and, and, you know, buy five or six or ten extra tickets and use them as giveaways to your group and just have fun contests and things like that. But lead by example. And if you stop doing what got you to the position that you're in, other people are going to watch you. They're not going to be at the position that you're in. They're going to sponsor two or three people and think, all right, now I'm going to start managing these two or three people. And their business is going to die. They're going to get frustrated, and they're going to say, oh, this thing doesn't work. No, what you're doing doesn't work. What you're doing doesn't work. The system works. It's been proven. The system is in place. What you have to do is constantly talk to new people on a daily basis, bring new people in as customers and, and as distributors, and be the leader. Be the leader for your team and show the vision. But don't ever, ever, ever think you can stop sponsoring or start managing because that is the kiss of death to your organization. Absolutely. You have to lead by example, and you have to set the pace of your group. If you're not the one that's out in front doing it first – it's you have to lead from the front, not push from the back. I 100%. Yeah. In my entire 20 years, I've always been, um, and, and I'm talking even before I started uh, the, this company, always the one that sponsors the most, has the most guests. It, it's just imperative if you want to be a good leader that you be the one out in front because they'll do as you do, not as you say. And yeah, I mean, how many times have you heard that, Heidi? Be a do-it-first leader. I mean, that's yep. just, it, it's, it's just, it should be just ingrained in everybody's brain, a do-it-first leader. I love it. Steve, you are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. I, you guys, I cannot wait to see Steve at our convention May 3rd through the 5th. Wait till you see what we have him doing for us. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm I, I, I tell you what, hey, yet. listen, listen, I, I'm going to tell you something. We're going to have a blast. I, I guarantee you this. We're going to get people laughing. We're going to get people crying. But people are going to walk into the convention, and they're going to float out. You guys are going to walk in, but you're going to float out. And one of the things that I want to do is I want to make sure that everybody that attends this convention, Heidi, understands that this opportunity is way bigger than they think it is. 
It's way bigger than they think it is. Guys, I don't know if you, if you have a goal, whatever your goal is. If you have an income goal, what I want you to do right now is add a zero to it. Just, just, just add a zero to it. And when you attend this convention coming up in May, you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about. Because you're going to see people on that stage. We're going to, we're going to tell stories. Um, we're going to paint the picture. Heidi, you guys are 18 months old. I just hope everybody on this call realizes the place that they're in. You guys, you guys are in the right place at the right time, but it's easy to say that, but what you have to do is recognize it. You have to recognize it, and we're going to help you recognize it at this year's convention. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited, Steve. Thank you again for joining <laughs> us tonight. You are absolutely the best. And everyone, anyone that's on the call right now that is brand spanking new, listen to me. Call the person that invited you. Get started on the products. Get signed up. Do not miss the opportunity to change your life. And for all of you that are promoters and are amazing customers that we absolutely love, thank you for joining us. You got a little glimpse of uh, Steve Schultz and more of what you're going to see at our convention May 3rd through the 5th. Get your tickets. Do not miss the opportunity to uh, see, meet, and hear from. And like I said, you have no idea what we're putting this boy up to, so um, I'm so grateful for him for joining us on tonight's call and for all of you guys have a wonderful evening thank you so much Steve we appreciate you thanks everybody thank you so much Heidi